So, <clears throat> last week we looked at a promise for 2024 from Romans 8.28. For those of you who are here, you will know, you will know, you don't feel that this is what I preached about. You will know that this is what I preached about. And we know, the Bible says, in all things God works for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. And if you remember, I said it was a definite promise. It's that we know. We don't feel our salvation. We don't feel that we are forgiven. Maybe we do sometimes, but that's not what makes us forgiven. It's the fact that we know. So it's this definite promise that he's given us. It's also a divine promise in that we know that it's God who issued this promise. We know that in all things God works for the good. It's God who does that. So I said it was a, a divine promise. It's also defined in the sense that God has set the parameters. He said in all things. He works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. What a wonderful thought that was, that in everything, our entire lives, he is working in all those things for our good. And then we had a look at the dynamic promise that he actually works them. The word synergy, I said, means synergize. And he takes all things, whether good or bad, and he works them for our good. Isn't that amazing? said even those poisons in our life, lives and many very often we have all these poisonous things that happen to us even those things he takes and he works them together he synergizes them for our good then i also said it was a dependent promise the it's dependent upon those who love him this promise is not for everybody this is pr promise is not for those who do not love him and those who do not work according to his purpose. This promise is for those who love him and according to his purpose. So in all things, we can know that God is working together for our good. Today I want to teach you some Latin that my son taught you about two weeks ago. This is the third message this year that's actually a New Year's message. Next week, God willing, we'll go back to our stories. But three weeks ago, Simeon spoke about Coram Deo, just because he's trying to be fancy. Coram Deo is a Latin phrase. It's a wonderful Latin phrase. And uh, it means simply in the presence of God. And by implication, it means in the presence of God, under the authority of God, and solely to the glory and honor of God. So today I want to talk to you a bit about living our lives in 2024 in the presence of God, Coram Deo. To live in the presence of God is to understand that whatever we are doing, Wherever we are doing it, we are acting under the gaze of Almighty God. At any point in our lives, our minds and our hearts stand before God totally, absolutely, completely naked. There is nothing we can hide from God. So then it makes sense that we don't dichotomize, we don't put into sections. There's a religious time on a Sunday, and then I live my life the rest of the week as I want to. There's not a, a way in which I live <clears throat> according to his gaze at home, but I don't do it in the workplace or vice versa. 
Coram Deo, uh, it, it encapsulates every single facet of our lives. We are always completely transparent and naked before God. There's no place so remote that we can escape his penetrating, penetrating gaze. And that's not in a sense of terror that we step out, but of our responsibility towards him. In his presence, that's our lives. From morning to night to the next morning, 24-7, we live in his presence. Now to be acutely aware of the presence of God implies we are acutely aware of his sovereignty. His sovereignty just means that he's in charge. He is 100% in charge of everything. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So his sovereign being Again, it encapsulates our minds, our thoughts, our existence. Everything we do, everything we think, every response we have, everything has got to do with understanding that God is ultimately in charge. And the believer that, that compartmentalizes your faith into sections of maybe religious and non-religious, you've missed the plot. That's not our life. When we are in Christ, we are a new creation 24-7. It never changes. And perhaps that's why there are so many in the church today that are often in so much trouble because they're either trying to get stuff out of God instead of just realizing he's in charge. He does care. He will provide. He does see everything. One of the scriptures that I know to, that I know, that I know, that I know, with issues that we are going through in our own family, is the one that says, God will trouble those who trouble you. <laughs> I know. You know, every time that phone call comes and every time I want to get up and, you know, fracture somebody's jaw or anything, I just know God's going to trouble those who trouble me. Now, I don't have to worry about it anymore. Why? Because he's sovereign. I can live in that kind of confidence in the presence of God. Let me tell you a little secret. The devil is not in charge of your life. If you belong to God, don't even waste your time mentioning the devil or the demands. They are not worth even mentioning or talking about. Because we are subject to the sovereignty of Almighty God as we live, Coram Deo, in His presence. Now, to find a scripture to talk about living in His presence, I can start at Genesis 1-1 or I can end in Revelation 22 and pick any scripture in between and I will show you the sovereignty of God. And explain how we're in his presence. But let's just go to Ephesians chapter 5 <laughs> for a, a practical example. Ephesians chapter 5, I'm reading from verse 1 and I read from the New International Version. Be imitators, therefore. Be imitators. Do what God does. As dearly loved children and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you, 
There must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, greedy person, such a man is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Do not be partners with them. For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them, for it's shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it's light that makes everything visible. That's why it said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as wise, but as, not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity, because the days of evil <clears throat> do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. That doesn't mean you can get drunk on whiskey and rum and anything else. <laughs> Same principle. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, as we bring your word to our hearts this morning, I pray that you would help us to understand and apply what it is that you have for us today. Lord, I know that not one of us here is outside of your sovereign will today. Even though we feel that we decided to come to church, we know that we are here by decree of your divine will. You are sovereign. You know we are here. You know your word that you've given to us, and you know why we are here today. I thank you, Father, that not one of us will leave without being touched by your word today. And I thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to focus on just three verses this morning, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days of evil, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. I think as we start 2024, we need to hear what God says to us, those who live in his presence, because let's face it, we live in difficult times worldwide. Things have gone mad. Economically, racially, the gender ideology stuff that's going on. Wars all over and certainly rumors of wars. Uh, diseases. What is the latest disease X they're talking about? It's going to be a hundred times worse than COVID. Ooh, I'm scared. <laughs> we live in the presence under the sovereignty of Almighty God. But they're difficult times. For many, there might be a pervasive sense of anxiety. Where's this world going? When's it all going to end? 
And if the world's problems are not enough, I've got a whole bunch of my own. I've got a friend of mine, <laughs> he's not a believer, but he lies awake at night thinking about what's going to happen with all the sinkholes around, you know? Where, where are they sinking to? What else is under the earth? Could I possibly walk around and, and suddenly there's a hole under my feet? And what about up there in the north where all the mines are? And <laughs> so people have lots of issues that they're worried about. And then don't let's talk about the circus with the multitude of clowns in government in an election year. We can anticipate this year a, a rough ride. So we don't have a crystal ball. We are not able to predict what will happen in six weeks or tomorrow or eight months or five years. The secret things still belong to the Lord. He is sovereign. And he knows all things. Even though we can't on a small scale predict what's going to happen tomorrow morning or when the next war will break out. We can know he's in charge. So how should we live? Well, the answer is, of course, Coram Deo, in the presence of God. And I think our text offers us three answers, each one filled with clear direction for this time to come. Number one, how should we live? Live by watching your step. Be very careful then how you live, and that word live means to walk or to behave. Not as unwise, but as wise. Being careful literally means, in the original language, to walk accurately. Walk accurately or walk precisely. The old King James used to translate this word circumspectly. It's an old English word we don't use much. But it has the idea of walking carefully on a narrow path along the side of a steep mountain. Keep your eyes open because if you step wrong, you're going to go down off the edge and, and plunge to your death. So be very careful. Walk carefully. Walk circumspectly. See, we are most, most of us are guilty of living too fast, too quickly. I mean, the world places such a high premium on, on doing a whole lot of stuff. The word multitasking is arrogantly applied to women, although I, I would like to take you on, on that. I don't know why women should be able to multitask better than men. Is it true? Well done, Vilma, you've been honest. <laughs> Who says men multitask better? All the women, that's wonderful. Well done, girls. <laughs> yeah. But I think what multitasking does is result in us making too many snap judgments, too many hasty decisions. We speak too fast, we move too fast, we react too fast, we answer before we hear the question, we just keep engaging that throttle of life to go faster and faster and faster. We are guilty of living too fast. And I think at the start of 2024 as we seek to live in his presence, there's this call to our hearts again just to recognize we need to watch our step. See, it's even possible in the name of God to go too fast. 
We want to right the wrongs of the world too fast. We want to try and win the world too fast. We speak too quickly. Our words are often hasty and ill-timed. We go before we're ready. We speak sometimes before we have anything to say. We even teach before we taught. We build high before we've even built low. In the name of the Lord Jesus. So the answer lies not in buying a planner or finding out how to work Google Calendar properly. But it lies in those ancient words of the psalmist who said, Be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46 is written in the context of the nations roaring and, and noise. It's just like noise and noise and noise and war and all sorts of stuff. And then he says, be still and know that I am God. Watch your step this year in 2024. Take time to be still and know. Lamentations 3.25 says, The Lord is good to those whose hope is in Him, to the one who seeks Him. It's good to wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. Does your day start quietly? Do you wake up thinking, look at my calendar, all the things I've got to do, how am I going to fit them in, change this one around, I have to find that. Do you just start quietly in that place, knowing that He is in charge? Those who wait, or those who hope upon, those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. So as we live in His presence, under His authority, to the glory of His name, we need to watch our step carefully. The best way for us to do that is to slow down enough to get God involved or rather to get involved with Him. He then ends up doing more through us than we can ever accomplish on our own. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. Watch your step. Second thought I have for you this morning is, to redeem the time. Verse 16 says, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Make the best use of the time or redeem the time. Again, as the old King James used to say, the word comes from the marketplace and it means to buy back or to purchase something. You redeem something when you buy it for your, for your own use. So time is costly, and we hear that often in an economic sense, you know. Time is money. But for me personally, it's got to take value so that I recognize I've got to use it appropriately, taking advantage of every opportunity. My translation uses the word opportunity instead of time. That's because the Greek language has two basic words for time. One word refers to time in the sense of hours and minutes and seconds. What time is it? It's now 9.45 and we'll be finished by 10 o'clock. Uh, that's one sort of time. But the other word that is used, and that's the word that's used here, is not strictly the passage of time, but a moment of opportunity that requires action. 
Make the best use of your time. Make the best use of every opportunity that you have. In fact, what we're doing is buying this time for our use. That's not all. The apostle here says there's a particular reason we must make the use of every opportunity. And that's because of the fierce urgency of now. The days are evil. There's no time to waste. We've got to grab every opportunity. Why? There's no time to waste. And this might seem contradictory to what, we, what I just said about watching your step and taking the time to fill up in him. But it actually says the same thing. We need to make the most of every opportunity to sit at his feet. Because the days are evil. We urgently and desperately need to be merry, learning from the master. Or we're just not going to make it. The Apostle Paul writes these words while chained to gods in a Roman jail. He's writing to the church at Ephesus, of course. The emperor at this time was a man named Nero, a perverted excuse for a king. Before too long, he would set fire to Rome and blame the Christians. He wanted to redo the landscape of Rome, and he didn't like it, so he sent out his lackeys, and he burnt down Rome, and he blamed the Christians for doing it so that he could redo it, rebuild it. We read also that, late, not in the Scriptures, but we read extra-biblically, he would later order Paul to be executed. Now Ephesus as a city was wholly given over to heathenism, the love of pleasure, the pursuit and love of pleasure. It was a wicked city. In Paul's day, it was the most important city economically in the Roman province of Asia. It was located near the coast, and it served as a, as a center of international commerce. So it was a hub of what was going on, prosperous, bustling, booming. But also in the set city of Ephesus was found the famous temple of Artemis. That was the glory, actually, of ancient Ephesus. Artemis was called Diana by the Romans, but it was the same goddess. She was the goddess of sex. Her temple was considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. The central portion contained a statue of a woman with many breasts, symbolizing unfettered sexual freedom. People would come to the temple and work themselves up into a religious frenzy and then follow any sensual desire that their hearts led them into. One ancient writer said of the Ephesians, their morals were lower than animals. A city of astrology, of black magic and sorcery, joined with the sexual perversion to produce a degraded form of idolatry that held that ancient metropolis of Ephesus firmly in its grip. It was a wicked place. And it's into this wicked place that Paul writes this letter. That's what he means when he says, the days are evil. These are desperate times. Friends, that's our call again today, today in 2024. Evil days tempt, to tempt us often to despair. 
or they encourage us to want to give up and say, we can't do it. How do we live in today's society? The days are dark. Men's hearts have grown cold, and there's nothing we can do. I'm so glad the early believers didn't have that defeatist attitude. See, the darker the day, the more opportunity for us to reflect his glory. The things that make it difficult for us to live as believers are the things that actually make us shine in the darkness. Philippians says, 2 verse 14 says, do everything, say everything. everything. Say everything with conviction. Everything. everything. How many of you moaned or complained before you came to church today? Hands up. Remember, no place in heaven for liars. Hands up. How many of you have already moaned about the heat today? Me, at least six times. It says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Why? So that you may become blameless and pure. Children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hide and hold out the word of life. Friends, hard times are actually blessings in disguise. The days in which we live, the days of moral compromise, actually offer incredible opportunities for us to, to present the gospel. When the world around us seems to be going haywire, we have this amazing opportunity to display the life-changing power of Jesus Christ. This is what I was, but this is now what I am. The darker the night, the brighter the light making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. The last thought this morning is to know God's will. Ephesians 5.17 says, Don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't be foolish, but understand what his Lord, the Lord's will is. Last week I spoke a bit about not allowing feelings to direct us. How emotions will always take us down. That it's not what we feel, but it's what we know. Many lives have been wrecked by well-intentioned feelings. You know, I feel that this is what God wants me to do. I feel that God has spoken to me and told me to do that. Beware of feelings. God's given us emotions, given us feelings, no doubt. But what trumps them every single time is what we know. What does his word say to me? See, God never speaks to me outside of the parameters of his word. Can I say that again? If it's not in his word, then I've moved outside of the scripture. Revelation warns us very clearly that we're not to add anything to what he's written or take anything away. So often you get these people who are nothing more than spiritual fortune tellers, calling themselves, raising themselves up as prophets and, and declaring, thus says the Lord. What they're doing is putting their things on the same level as the Scripture. And when we do that, we can get ourselves into trouble very, very, very quickly. He has spoken 
and he continues to speak through his word. Hebrews 1 says it this clearly. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom he made the universe. Everything we need to know in life is already contained in the scripture. He has spoken to us clearly in the word. The word became flesh. We have everything he needed to say. See, emotions will drop you in a crisis. I can't emphasize enough. It's knowing God's will that's going to get me through. Not what I feel. It's what I know. In the context, it's clear. Don't get drunk. Be filled with the Spirit. Keep the word of song on your lips and give thanks all the time. But in general, in life, it's about what we know. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. What? By the renewing of your feelings? No. By the renewing of your mind. It's what we know. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, perfect, and pleasing will. It's what we know from the Scriptures. These are great days to be alive. These are exciting times, amazing days. Yes, uncertain and sometimes frightening. And all of those things can be true at the same time. When we see evil advancing in the world, let's keep in mind what Jesus said in John 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. <laughs> trust in God. Trust also in me. You're feeling stressed about what's coming? You're feeling stressed about the elections? Don't worry. God's going to give people what they want. The wrath of God has been revealed on mankind. You know. Oh God, why did you allow this? No, 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 no. No, no. He's just giving people what they want. <laughs> no matter what happens today, the promises of God will still be true tomorrow. Exodus 15:2. the Lord is my strength. He's my strength. He's my song. He's become my salvation. He's my God, and I will praise him. What more do I need to know? Coram Deo, living in the presence of God. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified for them, of them. For the Lord goes before you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Some of you are sitting here thinking, oh God, just speak to me today. I don't know what I'm going to do tomorrow. Listen to what God says to you today. He will never leave you and he will never forsake you. Trust him. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is none beside you. There is no rock like our God. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. <laughs> Come on, church. Do you believe in this God we're talking about or don't you? Do you trust him or don't you? Is your faith in him or isn't it? You don't need somebody coming along and praying all sorts of funny things over you. You've got the word. It tells you what you need to know about living in the presence of God under his authority and sovereignty in your life. He is my shepherd. I shall lack no good thing. 
finished. The Lord is our refuge. God is our refuge and strength. Ever present. Ever present. He never runs away. He never turns his back. He never leaves you. For those who love him, obviously. Ever present in trouble. Therefore we will not fear though the earth give way, though the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. God is our refuge and our strength. Romans 8.31, if God is for us, <laughs> who can be against us? Oh, Lord, you don't understand how bad the world is. Yes, he does. It's been this bad before, and it's going to get worse. The point is, he's for us, if he's for us. And we know that in all things, comes from the same verse, a few verses before, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If God is for us, for those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If God is for us. 1 John 4, 4, the one in you, for those who are born again, for those who love him, is greater than the one who's in the world. Please, shut up. Don't come and tell me the devil is testing me, or the devil is doing this, or the demons are that, or anything. Don't tell me that, because I'm going to stop being polite. I serve a God who is sovereignly in control of this universe. The last two verses in the Bible. He who testifies to these things say, says, yes, I'm coming soon. Amen. I believe that. I believed it however many years ago when I started, and I believe it still today. He's still coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. His grace upon us and his grace, we know, is sufficient for us. And this is how we live in light of these magnificent promises. My dear brothers, stand firm. This is what we know. Stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. And what is the work of the Lord? Every single thing. It's every facet of your life. It's been alive since you got born again, born from above, born anew. Since you believed that God rose, raised Jesus from the dead and confessed with your mouth that he is Lord. Since that day, your, the work of the Lord is your whole life. Always give yourself fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor's not in vain. Coram Deo. My son's got that as his status. I think if I can work out how to change my WhatsApp status, I'm going to do the same. I love it. Living in his presence, under his authority and to his glory requires watching our step, work, walking carefully, circumspectly. Be careful that you don't fall. Redeeming the time, making use of every opportunity, spending that time with him, knowing God's will, not feeling it, but knowing it. 2024, friends, is going to be a godly year for all of you, I believe, in my heart of hearts. As we come to understand, he's there. When it feels like he's not, we know he still is. Do you ever feel like God's not there? Do you ever feel like God's left you or God's not there? Am I even saved? Me? Often. 
Am I even saved the way I spoke to that person just now? You know, when I start waving the wrong finger around at the people that I shouldn't wave around, when they cut me off and all of these things that I do that I shouldn't do? Am I even saved the way I'm behaving? But my Bible tells me something. <laughs> I can know. I can know. I can know. Let's pray together. Oh, Lord, thank you for this day that we can come together in this glorious way to, to learn from your word, to glean from your word, to understand from your word that you are sovereign. You are over all. And how we bless you for that. Thank you for your invitation to us into your kingdom through the blood of your son. May I remind you this morning and those who are watching online that no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through him. It's not your pastor, your priest, your bishop, or anybody else who's going to get you into heaven. It's not anything you can do that's going to get you there. It's everything he has done. The Bible says that to all who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to be called children of God. So you can know that you're a child of God if you have received him, if you've believed on his name. The Bible also tells me that if we will confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. Everyone, the Bible says, who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved from what rot? Saved from the wrath of God. Saved from hell. Saved from punishment. Saved from eternal condemnation. So I urge you this morning, just in your heart of hearts, that you remind yourself that you know all you ensure that this morning you can know definitely that you are born again. You are saved. You are a child of God. Lord, I thank you for this. Let these truths settle in our spirits as we live in your presence this year. To the glory of your name.